What's going on, everybody? Nate here. We are going to be doing the wrap-up for the Moscone Cup, the last day. And uh, to do that with me today, I have brought on Darren Appleton. So uh, Darren and I chat about the Moscone Cup and uh, everything that's I guess has come out from it and everything that happened during it and blah, 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 blah. You'll get to hear it. Uh, I guess to get the announcements out of the way before we get going, I have a few updates for the Patreon. We have uh, new Patreon Ben Poppies, Brandon Scott, and Ryan Walker has upped his pledge from where he was to a higher level. Thank you very much for your guys' support. Uh, and these are all pretty higher tiers too so thank you guys very much for that getting your last second entries in for the predator air rush which will be uh, i guess drawn in about two weeks time from now so if you would still like to get your entries in from that you still have time you have about two weeks and then we will be doing a random draw probably on either new year's day or maybe the second of january kind of depending on what my plans are for january 1st uh and I guess, uh, yeah, you have any, any time from now until then to be able to get your entries in for that. And we will be drawing it right around then. After that, we will, we will be giving away another great prize, which will be a white carbon fiber shaft. This is the new company that I signed with. They are just incredibly amazing shafts. I'm telling you what, these things are revolutionary to the, to the game of pool. I mean, I, I can't promote them enough. So we'll be giving one of those away for, again, one of the lucky Patreons. So, uh, and I'm hoping... That as this is going along, that uh, I am going to be able to give away something uh, every month or every two months. One, every, you know, somewhere in there. Whether it's every month or every two months, we'll be giving something really good away for all of the Patreons as an incentive to say, "Hey, thank you guys for being with us." And here's, you know, here's a prize for one of you. So, thank you very much to everybody who joined, and uh, for everybody who might join in the future. And other than that, I guess that's really the only announcement that I have to get out of the way in the beginning. So without further ado, here is the Moscone Cup wrap-up with Darren Appleton. I'm a real deal. I'll shoot your liver out and hand it to you. Anybody can join in at any time. You're probably still wounded. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see that. The U.S. was a uh, – it's another year, right? Another year and another beatdown. Although this wasn't exactly a beatdown. Last year was a beatdown. Oh, we're live? Yeah, we're live. What do you What do you expect? Oh, I'm trying to share it. Hold on. Although this wasn't exactly a beatdown. Oh, wow. Yeah, too bad, was it? Who's that girl's voice? To be, <laughs> to be fair uh... – you guys sort of let it slip, to be honest. Yeah, couple, uh, couple really good missed opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you set off well, won the first two points, pretty convincing, and then uh, Europe eight back really good to make it two two on the first day. So it was like both teams happy. Uh, then the third, uh, second day, sorry, I think USA. I mean, they should have been six real, really. I mean, that was huge. Yeah, uh, I think that was a, the match. I won't say match point regards USA winning it. But for sure, I think they would have got to like nine or ten, or even won it. Uh, so well, three was massive. That well, uh, I mean, that was the start of uh, what the U.S. lost the next six points, seven points, I think. From there, yeah, you just lose that momentum, don't you? It's like the yeah, first, the next seven points. 
the first match of day three uh i believe uh who played the first match of day three was it jason was it a singles it was the that would be the first match of day three would have been jason versus chris i think yeah so i mean obviously that's like a free shot anyway so you're sort of not bothered about losing that so much uh, so let's say you would have been six four five five and six four is big and then the next point was who on day three sorry who the was the second point? day three the second match of day three um if i'm not mistaken i think that was uh sky and tyler for the Again, u.s Again, let me pull it up i'll pull it up i will How awesome is it that we're back in Vegas next year, though? Pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and at the Ballast as well. So it's a different venue, so somewhat fresh. Uh, really good location in Las Vegas, let's say. It's middle of everything. So. Yeah, it's the perfect and location. It's a hotel. I have stayed there once before. It's uh, cheap, and it's actually pretty nice. Cheaper than most hotels there. And for, I think for the, for the quality of the hotel, it's uh, cheap. You know what I mean? It's a better hotel than, let's say... Uh, uh, Luxor. Uh, places like Tropicana, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's no good. So uh, did you buy your tickets yet? Uh, <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did very, there, Darren? Very smart. But yes, that day three was 6-4, 5-5. Uh, uh, five, five, and then uh, I think the next match wasn't too bad. Uh, what My memory served me right. I'll tell you what it was. I think, uh, yes, uh, you lost a second match, I believe, was a doubles. Uh, yeah, here we go. It's uh, Jason Sean, or Jason Sean, Joshua Filler versus Tyler Steyer and Sky Woodward. Yeah, so that was okay. I mean, uh, to be the honest. real so, bad one uh, was the next match. Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah. So the big match Shane was... Shane losing to Kachi. Yeah. Shane, uh, he absolutely threw that match away from 3-1. He missed two relatively easy opportunities back-to-back. He should have really won five one, or could have won five one. Yeah, and that was big because then you're seven five down, and then Shane lost all his confidence. And the next match, uh, both guys and the doubles played really bad. Uh, probably Shane more than I think it was Tyler. Uh, so eight five, where if Shane would have been, if USA would have been leading six uh, five before Shane goes on, and Shane really should have won that match. We how it went. It would have been seven five, and then the match with Shane and Tyler would have been a completely different mindset. Uh, just Shane playing as bad as what he did from three one really affected him for the next game, which was unfortunate for Tyler really, because then it affected him also. Uh, and Shane's body language really like changed big time. And uh, yeah, the big killing match was Jeremy. So that's like two two certain points of what you should have had really. So uh, three certain points you should have had. So it, it's instead of being nine five down, you could have easily been uh, eight eight six up. Yeah, eight six up uh, at worst seven seven. Uh, obviously, they would have played the last doubles of day three then also. So I mean, at worst, it should have been an eight seven. I think either way, going into the last singles, and then anything can happen. Then uh, where nine five, I needed you needed a miracle really. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, even even if even if uh, you win two out of the first three points and make it ten seven, and you're, I mean, you're still in a in a terrible spot. 
because uh, obviously your best two players are out the way. And then uh, you got to rely on Europe sort of dogging it, really, uh, which is possible, but uh, very unlikely. So, yeah, uh, I don't think you guys played bad. I think the first two days, USA definitely looked the better team on and off the table. And then whatever Europe did after day two in the evening definitely worked. I, I know that they had big words with each other. Uh, Jason Shaw got more involved in the team room and it definitely showed on the table. So even though Jason didn't uh, necessarily have the best percentage winning record, if for me, he was definitely the MVP, uh, just because he, he, I think he, he still played the best, even though he lost a couple of matches. Uh, except for the last day, he, he didn't he didn't play great the last day, but, uh, but throughout the whole tournament, he was definitely the best player, in my opinion. And... Uh, he deserved to get the MVP, and also David and uh, uh, Joshua played really well. So, yeah. uh, well, with USA, only really Skyler showed up and played his A game, and then uh, at Tyler, least the entire event. Tyler looked great the first two days, but then just fell Tyler apart. Played pretty good in patches, you know. What I mean, he sort of had a good performance and a bad performance, and then like an indifferent performance got got away with it, and then he played steady. So he he had like a mixed bag. Uh, Jeremy did play bad, but obviously. It was always going to be very hard for him. Uh, Chris uh, was okay in patches, but made bad bad mistakes at the wrong time, let's say. And obviously Shane, he just... Uh, he looked okay the first two days of Shane, but nothing was really going his way. He'd it, it, yeah. it make one, one mistake and he sort of got punished big time for it. You know what I mean? Like the game punished him, the balls punished him. But on day three especially, I mean, he played really bad. Uh, and then obviously on day four, he played a little bit better, but it's just unfortunate, really, to lose a match with Joshua 5-4. And uh, you guys didn't do a lot wrong in the first doubles, really. I mean, it was a pretty good standard match. So, But you could see that his confidence had gone a little bit from that day three. And, uh, yeah, so uh, a shame for you guys. Obviously, great for Europe. and uh, But makes makes it a better viewing for next year, I think. I think uh, you guys are definitely not without a, op- an opportunity to win next year. So uh, let's talk about day four a little bit here, because uh, I I personally think that uh, Alex Laley made a, a little bit of a mistake with this. And mm-hmm. what I think is, you know, when you throw Jason Shaw and Joshua Filler out there right away, of course, you know, they're going to be playing against Sky and uh, SVB mm-hmm. uh, with the cushion that they had. So uh, what what they were going into last day, they were going in. Uh, was it nine, um, five. nine to five? Yeah, nine to five. What do you think about keeping both of those players at maybe back towards the middle, playing them third and fourth as opposed to first and second? Because then you know that Shane Van Boning and Sky Sky Woodward aren't going to be playing against your two best players. And you're going to yeah. get them against maybe like a Tyler and a Chris or a Tyler and a Jeremy or something like that. Yeah, I think there's valid points both ways. Obviously, Jason and uh, Jason and uh, Filler was always going to be guaranteed to play that fans' choice doubles yeah. match from what's rolled over from day three. Uh, so I think Alex's mindset is that he, he wants to keep those two guys hot. So I think it made sense from that point of view just to keep them on there for the first singles and the first doubles, uh, just in case they do lose that first doubles, for example, and make it 9-6. And then and then let's say you play uh, Catchy and uh, David in the next two singles and, and Shane and Skylar beat them. Then all of a sudden it's 9-8. Even in a race to five, anything can happen because you have the momentum. Uh, the pressure's on Europe then. So anybody's beatable in a race to five when the heat is really on and you, and the other team's got the momentum. So I sort of agreed with Alex. Maybe he could have separated one of those guys, maybe played uh, Jason, let's say, after the first doubles, and maybe old Joshua back. 
but I think I'll have pretty much done the same thing just just to make sure that I keep my foot on the throat, really. Yeah. All right. Sounds good to me. I, I personally, I think we would have put probably David out there. I thought David was, was playing pretty good. I yeah. thought David going up first against, uh, you know, it's got to be Sky at that point. So David against Sky. I like yeah. that. I like, and then Jason, and then Jason Joshua Elbin, the next three matches in a row. But, but you got to think about who the opponents are. And I think the big decision on playing Jason the first singles and Joshua playing the, the second singles is that they knew that, that Skyler would play the first singles just because he'd played the best up to that point. So they're thinking, well, let's put Jason against Skyler, knowing knowing that, that uh, Shane is going to play next and is going to play Filler. And obviously he's, he's got a nightmare record against uh, Filler. Uh, Shane Shane has a terrible record against Joshua. Uh, against in, Moscow, really. in the Moscone Cup. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably a big reason why they put uh, Jason on the first singles and not Joshua. Uh, just because they lined the players up against their opponents. I think uh, I was pretty sure from the sidelines that that Skyler would play the first singles of day four and 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 uh, Shane would play the second so uh as the years go on you sort of can figure out who's going to play where uh I mean the the days I played in the Moscone Cup I always pretty 90% sure where all the American players were were going to play so so we was pretty good at working out that that out uh especially and obviously back then uh, obviously you had people like Johnny, Dennis Hatch, uh, Shaman Bonin, so still very big players, you know what I mean? So we had to make sure that we second-guessed what they was going to do. Yeah. But at the same time, you, you 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 just focus on your own game. Like you say, mate, uh, if Dennis, if if uh, David plays Shane, then obviously David can win. If Catcher plays Shane, obviously he can win, which he showed it on day uh, two or three. So, yeah, uh, but just ta- it's more of a mental battle as well because obviously... Uh, usually Shane Shane against Joshua in normal circumstances it'd be a fifty fifty game, but uh, obviously in the Moscone Cup, he just uh, Shane doesn't look like he believes he can beat him. If anything, Shane is a favorite. You know, if if they play a race yeah. of twenty five, I mean, Shane is probably a 60, 60 yeah. 40 favorite, especially with his break. And he actually broke really well in 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 the oh, tournament. He was averaging three balls in a shot. I mean, for you guys, it, the most disappointing part for you guys is that your team slightly broke better in Europe. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you, you can't really complain that you didn't get um, the chances, really. It's just like, just made the silly mistakes, you know what I mean? It's so important in a race to five to to make sure you don't make those silly mistakes. And that's what happened, really. I mean, you, you can go over it and over it again. But when you look back, there's three massive points what America really should have won. And that makes the score 8-7, I believe, to uh, America going into the final yeah. day singles. I mean, that that's huge, really. I mean nine five. I mean it's like uh, you can win, but you need it's like you're like a, a fifty to one shot. Yeah, yeah. It, it, especially you're given the lineups, especially even more than that. Yeah, yeah. The eight seven. It's it's a coin flip, and if you got the eight seven lead, you're a slight favourite. So because uh, uh, you've played for three days solid, and your team's feeling good, and uh, yeah. So I mean. America going to bed after day three. I mean, it, it, they they must have been sick. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I know that uh, from what I heard, Jeremy didn't sleep hardly at all yeah. after that uh, after that time foul. Unbelievable. I mean, I can't believe what he did because the worst part about that is that it took him eighteen seconds to decide to get the cue ball cleaned. Where yeah. if he'll done it straight away when he first looked at the cue ball, he'll have had a lot more time for the referee to clean the cue ball and still have plenty of time. To play the well, shot because Marcel, he couldn't have cleaned the cue ball any quicker. 
you know, yeah, Marcel did exactly what he needed to do. In fact, he put the cue ball down with five seconds for uh, Jeremy to shoot. If Jeremy was, was ready for the shot, he could have taken it. I mean, he'd have been rushed, but he could have taken it. It was that much in shock that when he asked for the extension and the referee said, no, he's just looking at the referee thinking why. And so he, he just he just got frozen the moment. He's had a, he's yeah. had a brain fart. And then, like you say, he, he could have just run run to the table and just hit the six ball. Yeah, uh, but uh, I mean, it's just, it just yeah. Maybe he'll fluke a maybe he'll fluke a safe out of it somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a shame it, because that that particular rack was one of the greatest racks in the Moscow oh, Cup. Fifteen may have, yeah. long. The safeties were unbelievable from both players. Uh, David created the first opening, and he's had a, an amazing opportunity to to like run out, and he's played a terrible first shot by kissing the eight ball against the six, and then obviously That's a bad roll. He needed oh, a little bit, but I mean, he shouldn't be kissing the ball. <laughs> yeah, he should. Uh, yeah. And then, I, obviously, he's, he's got to play a miracle shot to get on the uh, on the six ball. It's just because of the slide on the table. Uh, it's just it's just so hard to get that ball to like spin off that top rail there. And then uh, Jeremy's got a, an opportunity. It's like a little touchy feely shot, but he's a big favourite oh, to a make. Brutal it's, shot. It's yeah, I mean, but, it, but it's still favourite to make it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all, all it for the seven, but it was definitely missable just on just because of the size of the pockets. Where if that was on a five-inch pocket table, he'd never miss that ball in a million years. Yeah, and you could, you, yeah, you have to throw a ton of outside spin on it to throw it and hold the cue ball. I mean, as you know, as an amateur, I I, I just expect to miss that. That's well, I think the problem <laughs> with that type of shot, Nate, is that when you're feeling the pressure and you've got like your whole body's shaking. He's got to slow roll the ball with a touch of right English, right? I mean, that's not easy to do when you're queuing off the no. rail and you're hill hill in the Moscow in the Cup, and you haven't, and especially for Jeremy, he hasn't played for like 13 years. I mean, he must have been obviously. It was a bit of a edgy match anyway, but he, he just grinded out great. He played some beautiful safety shots, made some good shots. He made, he did, he did make mistakes, but overall, I mean, to say he's not been in that arena and he's not a competitive professional football. <laughs> Sorry. Is that Jason? Jason, yeah. Uh, then Sounds he, like Jason. Uh, he uh, did pretty well, really. I mean, he, he didn't play bad in in all the matches he played, really. No. So and I, I guess he, let's. He could on. have won a doubles and and his singles. I mean, the doubles with Chris. Obviously, Chris Chris missed a six ball there to win the match. So Jeremy could have walked away winning uh, two out of his three matches, uh, excluding the team match. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan O'Neill. Hmm. Hoping I'm feeling okay. Yeah, cheers, everyone, for giving us COVID. Yeah, yeah, Darren. Well, I, I, I did test positive for COVID, and uh, Darren is. I don't yeah. know. You think you have it, right? Yeah, I'm uh, waiting for my uh, my main test now, so it's not. Uh, I, I'm like uh, a lot of a lot of my friends who I was with at the Moscone. They've all been tested positive. There's at least 30, 40 people been tested positive. So, yeah. and I've had like a bit of a cold sweat here and there. And then it's, a, it's really surprising, too, right? If I mean, I, I would have never thought that going into a room with 1,500 screaming idiots uh, while, te- well, you know, while cases are going up, I would have never thought that I'd have got COVID out of that. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Can you believe especially it? Especially with you, because you was going around kissing everybody all day. Well, and, uh, sharing your drink with people. So, I mean, that wasn't I very was flirty, smart, was it? The alcohol kills it, I thought. Isn't that right? Well, I think your uh, pants definitely killed it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a right clown. Oh, stop it, Darren. You need to have some respect. Uh, you know, but 
I will say though, even do I need to bring those up so people can see them? <laughs> yeah, you should, you should show us them uh, pants. Uh, but what right. I will say, it's the first time I've been to Moscone for the old four days as just a a spectator, a fan, let's say, and uh, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was very hard to keep up with the fans regards drinking, that's for sure. Uh, there's some hardcore drinkers in that. In that... Uh-oh. Darren, is your internet going to crap? Whoop. You hear, Darren? Uh, Am I here? Oh, there you are. You've lost me? Here you go, Darren. Here you go, Darren. You ready? Oh, that's good, isn't it? It's your own belt. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> oh, it's your own belt. Where, what? what? What is the address of the Hilton? It's mental, isn't it? Huh? Oh, that, that was like... You like that, don't you? Well. Very baggy as well. And king of yeah, the... Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Good, good, good timing to stop him talking. Well, there's never a bad time to stop him from talking. So, I guess, Darren, what uh, what do you do going forward for Team USA? What is it? How does it look different? Uh, I think you could be a, a captain, actually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, seriously, I, I don't think there's a lot wrong. I think Skyler. Skyler's really, really gained my respect uh, regards a team leader, a team player, and a player in general. I didn't, I knew he was really good, but I didn't think he was that good. Uh, but what really impressed me with him is how, how much composure he's got at the table, his temperament, and he's just got balls. You know what I mean? He just got to have balls at this game, and he's got all those things. So that's a massive plus for America going forward. He's going to be around for the next 10, 15 years at least in the American team. Uh, I think you definitely obviously need Shane. I know there's a lot of talk. Shane, Shane and Chum, Chum be playing. It doesn't matter. It's the same with Tiger Woods in the Ryder Cup. You've got to play them because if they show up, it's good night. You know what I mean? Uh, so you've still got to play Shane. In my opinion, you d- d- doesn't matter how you do it, but you've got to get Justin Bergman back in the team. It's as simple as that. Because... Uh, He's a bit like Skyler. He's just got everything you want at the pool table. Uh, so you definitely, someone needs to be pulling Bergman aside and tell him to sort himself out and just get back on that table because he's too good a player to not be playing in the Moscone Cup. So that's three massive players there. And then the other guys, you're okay. I mean, you've got young guys coming through. You, you've got Tyler, very professional. You've got Chris, very professional, always looking to improve. Uh and then yeah, you, you've you've got the younger generation coming through, uh, like people like is it Justin Martin, I believe. Yeah, Justin Martin. Uh, I mean, I, I watched him play one match international, and he really impressed me. Uh, and a, a few of them young 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 lads impressed me. So I don't think you there's a lot wrong with the uh, a team, as long as you, you, you uh, the, the big thing for me is just get Bergman back in the team. And then uh, regards to captain, I, I wouldn't give Jeremy too much stick. Uh, last year was just one of those years with COVID. Uh, no crowd uh, this year. I think I think he did as good a job as he could do under the circumstances what he was given. Uh, so the big test for Jeremy will be uh, when you play back in America next year. Uh, I think you'll be able to judge him better then and whether he will be the man to take you forward after the next year's Moscone Cup. Yeah, and you think that Jeremy absolutely gets another shot no matter what? 
I don't think he's guaranteed another shot, but who's going to take his place? I don't really see anybody. You. <laughs> it's, it'd have to be a European guy, right? It'd have to be probably Niels or uh, you or, uh, you know, maybe Johan again. Yeah, I don't see. Uh, I mean, obviously myself, really, in all seriousness, I still want to play. If I don't want to play, obviously, I'll, in the future, I want to be the European captain. It's just not, you just not, I don't think for me, uh, I, I'd be amazed if Niels would want to do it. I mean, you have players that, what, in America what can do it. I don't, uh, there's definitely players out there. It's just picking the right guy, really. And then, uh, and it hasn't really got to be a player, has it? I mean, it could be a coach from a different sport. I mean, Johan's not really a player. But what does what, what Johan has got? Johan has got is that he's a great mental coach and he, he installs discipline. And I think as long as you have got those two things for America team, I think you'll be okay. You'll always have a, an opportunity. Uh, and it's because uh, yeah, you just uh, you definitely need a, a leader. Uh, whether Jeremy is that leader or not, then uh, if not, then obviously they need to look to to somebody with that type of character. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think Jeremy deserves. I mean, I think the U.S. has come up short twice. Of maybe, maybe this year less than last year. I mean, last year I think they really came up short from where they were supposed to be. Uh, you know, it's it's a COVID year. It's a little bit weird. You're not playing with a crowd. Uh, I think last year you deserve a pass, certainly. And I said that then. Uh, this year, I mean, again, it's a, you. You kind of get thrown into the fire. You're expected to play while coaching. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that uh, Jeremy makes that that uh, that mistake on the on the was it the five ball or whatever it was the 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 time foul if if he wasn't coaching and playing I mean I think he'd be a little bit more prepared uh, so, so I think that's you know you, you throw the weight of the world on the guy he's got to play he's got to coach he's got to mentor he's got to lift his team up he's got to you know get ready for the next matches he's got to get everybody you know he's, he's just got to do a million different things and when you you know, when you when you're there for that long and you have to do that many different things, I mean, it's it's not unfor- it's not uncommon to have like a little bit of lapse in judgment or just not being ready for the moment. And I don't think that I think he knows the rules. I think he knows exactly what it was. I think he knew he messed up, but I think he just wasn't ready for the moment because you know he's got a million different things he's got to take care of. And you know, I I think that uh, that just kind of added up to that shot. So I, I I guess all in all, I think uh, he still is not really had the opportunity to just be the coach he's had to be the coach the player he's got to uh you know find ways to get his team involved now there there is one thing that i will say that i think jeremy jeremy could be doing better uh i thought i thought as uh as far as what he had for a schedule this year was much better i thought his schedule last year was just not good when you save all your best players for day three and day three comes around and you're down eight to two or seven to two or whatever it was last year i mean Mm. I mean, what, what are you trying to save your best matchups for when you're down eight to two at that point? This year, I thought it was much better. Now, what I would like to see, and I don't know that I don't know that this is even the thing that US can do, but if you see Europe, every single game when when you know if they get down three to one or they get down two to two to zero or something like that, their entire team is going out there and picking up their players. And if they get a you know if they get a little win, uh, you know, back into it, all of their players are over there and they're like cheering them on, and you know they're 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 being a team. They're like really getting each other involved. And as a team, they're, they're really lifting each other up. And when that happens on the U S side, the only player you see out there is Chris and Scott. And now Tyler, Tyler, that's just not a role for him. Tyler's not like that. He, he can go over and he can give you a knucks and he can be like, you know, keep your head up, but Tyler's not really an uplifting type of person. And from what we saw on day three and four, I mean, we just didn't see, we didn't see Shane. 
I, Shane, uh, and again, that's never really been Shane's role either. But uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's a captain's thing. Where like, yeah, I know you guys aren't, I know you guys aren't like this naturally, but we need you to be a, you know, we need you to be that leader now. You know, maybe Jeremy has the ability to go to his players and you know, kind of create more of what Alex Laley and Carl is doing with uh, the, the I, I guess the the success of you know the. I don't even know how to put it. I guess uh, just getting everybody involved and keeping everybody in the right frame of mind. What what do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, I understand Shane was very disappointed when he lost his singles, then he lost his double straight after. But then to go missing for the next two matches is not good, really. Uh, when the rest of the team's there supporting the next guy, uh, it did it did recover for the next day, but we got supporting the team, and that was disappointing because the first two days, Shane, I thought he was. He was well into it. He was going over to the players a lot. He was encouraging them. I think Jeremy does that role really well. And like you say, I think Jeremy, he, he wasn't ready to play in the Moscone Cup. He wasn't prepared at all. His, own, his only preparation was was to make sure the team was prepared to play. So then to get that call at the very last minute and get asked to play on the biggest stage on, in pool is like a massive ask, really. And Jeremy's mindset is that, Right, I need to wide myself as much as I can on the team sheet. He managed to do that very well. And they could have still won it without him winning a, a point, let's say. And like, like we just go back to those three massive points, which are obviously two of them might actually involve Jeremy. But, I mean, uh, one of them, it, it was out of his hands because his partner uh, made, made, made the mistake. So, it's just one of those things, really. It's just where Europe, like you say, they're on the sidelines Every match, especially, I mean, Jason is like a he's like a cheerleader. You know what I mean? Is Jason? He he just gets the players going and the crowd, and that's very important, obviously. And, and if uh, the other players are not there, you've got Carl and Alex there all the time. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it's very important to to support your team, no matter what. And when I used to play, we always used to say, no matter what, whether you whether you whether you play bad or you lose, never bring it back to the team room. And uh, always just make sure you come back with a positive attitude and give pos- uh, the positive vibes for the next guy going out there to play. Because at the end of the day, you can't win the Moscow Cup yourself. Yeah, and I, th- I think the best example yeah, of it was, uh, example of it was uh, when... when uh, what, what match was uh, it? Uh, match was uh, it? Uh, Sky Wood, or no, the Sky Tyler Snyder and Shane Van Burden match against Alvin and David Al-Qaeda, where Jeremy Jones was back in the room practicing for the last match of the day. And, you know, obviously you can see that Shane is out of it. He's checked out of it. He's not really happy with it. And Tyler is, like, trying his best to keep him in and, you know, stay dialed in. And what you see is, like, Sky and Chris are coming over trying to keep things, you know, Lively, but they just can't do it. They just can't do it. Yeah. And what I, what I will say, I know obviously I shouldn't mention it, really mention it, but what I would say, what I would say, say is that really miss Just because he brings so much energy to the team, and he brings it brings like the heart to the team also. You know what I mean? So that so that was obviously a big loss, and then obviously you got the situation with Hill. I mean, obviously we're all disappointed about that, and we will we'll never know what what would have happened, but. It would have been nice to have seen it. Because what I will say is that if he'll had the same opportunities as, as Jeremy, I think you might be seeing a different scoreline when you think about it now. Obviously, every every, every match is a, is a different match and Earl might have played in a different position to, to Jeremy because obviously Jeremy gave himself like the least amount of matches where obviously Earl would have got the fans' choice matches. I mean, yeah. it's just... Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was still a great Moscone Cup. Before the Moscone, I was, like, deflated as a fan because of Earl. Uh, but it still was a great Moscone Cup. Uh, the crowd was amazing. And obviously, I, I'm hoping, I, I, I just hope that Earl can get back in the team one more time. Whether that's the right thing to do or not, probably not. But as a fan, I would like to see it. So, do you think that uh, do you think that the the whole playing vice captain and the playing captain days are done? Do you think that this this experiment right here ruined that? I think you can be vice captain and play. I mean, I think it's a little bit. The vice captain really is just there to help the captain. Let's say in the team room, just with the players, just to make sure that they're in a good mental frame of mind, uh, helping out with the odd jobs. Uh, uh, so it's all a little bit blown out of proportion, really. Because uh, uh, at the end of the day, you, you've only got you're you're only really uh, there at the Moscone Cup for like let's say a week, and you're only dealing with five players. Where if you if you if you're dealing with a big a big team like like uh, soccer, and there's eleven players on each team, then obviously or like there's usually twenty two players in a squad. Let's say then it's a, a lot different. There's lots of coaches. Uh, but I think it's good to have a vice captain. Uh, but I think you can. I think you can definitely play and be vice captain. Uh, playing as a captain, I'd say. I'd, def, I'd definitely say no. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, I, I think if you're going to have a playing vice captain on the U.S. side, I think you should do it on the the European side too. I, I, I do think that I do think that having that extra coach can be very valuable, especially. I mean, especially it turns out when um, when you're when you're Vice captain and your captain are playing. I mean, you got to have somebody out there who's just who's just able to calm the team down, whether it's the vice or whether it's the regular captain. I mean, you got to have somebody out there. That's that. Both of them playing is no good. Definitely. Yeah, and to, and to be fair, like Jason Shaw could easily be the vice captain. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's like the playing captain anyway. Uh, a little bit similar to the role what I played when I used to play. I used to be like sort of like the team leader, uh, the the uh, players' leader. Let's say. Uh, and obviously, I think I think Jason's took that role really well now. Uh, I think I think they didn't have that for two or three years. And uh, like I said, like sometimes the best players uh, are are not the best team players, and vice versa. And I think we've seen that with Billy Thorpe over the years. He, I think even though he, he, he don't win loads of points, uh, he still brings so much to the team. And Nick Vandenberg was the same also for Team Europe. Great team player. And uh, it's good It's good to have the right the right balance in the team. And I know that with Team Europe this year, the first two days, there was a bit disjointed and there was some disagreements in the team and uh, a lot of egos in that team also. Uh, so it, it took him a couple of days to really sort it out. So let's talk so, about the crowd because uh, a couple people have brought that up. Uh, I guess as a general, this was while well, I was hoping to have Melina Mike on, but apparently he's ghosting us. Uh, what do you think of the what do you think of the crowd? And of course, we were both in that crowd, so it's a little bit different. But what do you think of the crowd? I think days one and two, and then days three and four. Well, I really enjoyed the crowd the first day. I didn't enjoy it the second day because uh, no, sorry, was it the first? Yeah, I didn't enjoy it the second day because uh, Chris Patient showed up, uh, Aka Pigeon. And then it just annoyed me for like hours. Uh, but all joking aside, yeah, that, uh, the crowd was was a big bag. The crowd. I think the first day I was surprised at how empty it was. Uh, maybe it was just me. Yeah, uh, the, especially on the US side, there was maybe ten yeah. percent attendance on the on the US side. 
but the atmosphere was still good. But the second day, it seemed to get a little bit better atmosphere-wise, uh, even though Europe were losing. But the third day was the big day. It was sold out on day three. And again, I think that made a big difference with the scoreline as well. And I think that really helped Europe, uh, just having that, that extra support in the crowd. And Jason really like, really uh, uh, just really loves, he, he loves to feed off the crowd. And then he just got his, his energy and it, and it just uh, crosses over to the crowd. And, and I think that was the big thing, really. Day three was the best crowd for sure. Uh, regards that extension, uh, squeaky parrot noise. I mean, besides that, the crowd that's got to go good. bye bye. That's got to go bye bye. That extension's got to go. <laughs> that's so uh, it was okay and for once or twice. Isn't it incredible that, how much funny? Like every single time is just so funny, right? It's like a snowflake. Every single time it's yelled, it's just it's just unique in its own little way, and it's just so great, isn't it, Darren? Every one of them. Oh, oh yeah, it's like I'm. I'm I'm just, I'm, I just can't believe that they didn't lose lose their voice. I think that's what happened, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was still there, it was on Friday. Friday. It was still there on Friday. I know that. Yeah, and, and there was a few people whistling while some of the players were down the shop, but that's yeah, that always happened. I mean, that that's nothing so new. Happy. I mean, that's, that happened like when I was playing. I mean, uh, that's always been there, that little bit. Uh, there's always like a few idiots in the crowd, no matter where you play. But you'd rather have them there than not there because you need the atmosphere. And the Moscone Cup is all about the atmosphere. And uh, all that outside noise, if you're playing well, you don't hear anything. But if you're struggling, you notice every whistle, every clown in the crowd like yourself, and even like pigeons like Chris Patient. You, you you notice everything, uh, but but the Moscone Cup it just wouldn't be the same like with a without a crowd and uh, very important that uh, that even though there's like some like childish behaviour going on it's sort of good at the same time. Yeah, I mean you just hope that the crowd is big enough that the individual idiots that are doing stupid stuff just gets drowned out, or you have a crowd that's uh, small enough that there aren't any idiots in it. But I think day three, I mean, day three, I don't know what, I don't know what was going on with day three, but uh, those last two of the last three matches, I mean, it was bad. Uh, the, the younger ref, I can't remember. What's the younger ref's, the younger ref's name? Marcel. Yeah. Marcel, like he refused to even try to get the crowd under control. I mean, it, it, it was loud. It was really loud when the players are down on their shots and he's not even trying to get the crowd under, like he'll put his hand up like this. And just do nothing. He'll just sit it there and just hope that people just quiet down. And by the end of it, uh, by the end of it, I mean he wasn't he wasn't getting any control over everybody, and he wasn't doing anything else. Yeah, I mean, that, I think, that can't happen. Yeah, I don't think either referee had any control of the crowd really. But I think that I think that's just the way the Moscone Cup's gone. I think I think the uh, the people behind the scenes are probably telling them, look, just let the crowd get on with it. Because uh, like when Nigel Reese used to referee and Michaela Tab, they had real good control of the crowd in them certain situations. Uh, but now, obviously, we've we've gone from like a thousand people to fifteen hundred people to two thousand, twenty five hundred, and it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. I believe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised in a couple of years that we're back in London playing in front of five thousand people. Uh, when if if we get some uh, normality back in our lives. I'll so out, it's like the darts. If you've ever been to the darts, it's just it's just impossible to control that crowd. And I think 
once everyone's had a few drinks, like it's like every night's the same at the Moscow and Cup. The first like match is all a bit tense. Everyone's on their best behaviour, <laughs> and after, after a couple of pints, like myself and and you, it's just all guns blazing from the uh, well, crowd. Crowd, a couple for me. Yeah, it's just one, one for you. You can't handle more than two. I think one and a half on day two. Yeah, they'll be carrying you out on a stretcher if you had two full. And it's like Jim Telfield and and his and his pals. You'll like see them for the first hour. They're all sat there, nice and quiet, with their little Christmas suits on. And then after, <laughs> like, and then after like an hour or so, when they get like a little bit fueled up, it's just all uh, just just carnage. It's a good time. It's a uh, good time, Darren. Cookie. I mean, Cookie uh, Paul Cook is like a long a long time Moscone Cup fan. You you're European. I think everyone who watches a Moscone Cup, whether it's the players. The spectators at home, or even the spectators in the crowd, I think everyone knows who, who uh, Cookie is. <laughs> uh, might not know his name, obviously, but if, obviously, when you see that face, you just know who, who it is. COVID's fun, isn't it, Darren? Oh, yeah, it's great. Is this your first time getting it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, got it, you got it easy, pal. Well, I think, I, it, I think I might have had it last year, but that's like the early days where it was so hard to even get get an appointment. There was no uh, test yeah. when, it, when it first happened, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I had it in the early days. At, uh, sort of like sort of a little bit worse than I am now. I sort of had like a bit of a like just a cold and uh, head sweats and stuff like that. It's no fun. You had it quite bad the first time, right? I had a real bad the first time. I was I was down for about three weeks. It was awful. I was sleeping like for about a two week stretch. I was sleeping for like uh, twenty hours a day. I basically, just I basically just like went went into a coma for like two weeks. It was fun. Yeah, but we're back now. <laughs> yeah, I think it definitely changed you as a person as well. Yeah, so uh, I guess next year we're looking next at year, Vegas. Valleys. Yeah, we have the dates for it too, don't we? Let's uh, let's take a look at the thirtieth of November, uh, December the second. There it is, and uh, tickets uh, I would hope are going to be on sale pretty soon. It's great. It's great to see that they actually announced it earlier this year because uh, last year I don't think they announced it till crazy late, and then they basically just pulled the dates. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been doing the last few events, right? They've been uh, making some announcements mm-hmm. to certain tournaments, so that's good what they're doing, but. It would be nice if they can make an announcement for like the rest of the year calendar, so I can book my flights to America, knowing when to go there and when to come back. Because uh, obviously, some of these events in the UK are matchroom tournaments. Uh, I've no idea whether I'm going to be in them, but it would be nice to have a calendar where we know the dates. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, we know like some tournaments, but uh, especially the matchroom uh, matchroom pool, with them been like the leaders, uh, the leading. Uh, promoters in pool and obviously they're doing more tournaments next year it'd be nice to get the dates out there and uh so that i can sort of plan my year up yeah, yeah. well according to uh rich saunders it's uh with uh, tickets available as a friday That'd yeah for a Moscow, it probably will be yeah i won't i won't i wouldn't be surprised really uh, but, but it would be nice to know what's happening the dates on the other times like the world champions U.S. Open, uh, Champions League, World Masters, World Cup of Pool, uh, and U.K. Open. I think they're the only. That's the only time I know the dates of the U.K. Open and the Moscone Cup. Interesting. Well, 
I'll check it out. out there. I think they've obviously probably gotten them penciled in, uh, but not confirmed or as have, they haven't been released to the public yet. Let's say. Uh, yeah, there's uh, doesn't seem to be a date for the CLP. Yeah, thank you a little for the plug. Just Nate, yeah, we... Nate, give me one. There you go. Go on. There you go. Go subscribe to uh, this big old clown. Little Chris is a, a, a real friend. What's that? A real friend, someone who like uh, promotes me. What's that? Jason Shaw, who's got Rona? Raise your hand. Man. I think half the, half the crowd's got it, Jason. Every, everyone what I know, 90% of them who, who was there, I've got uh, COVID. Or at least have symptoms. Did Jason, did you get it out of it? What? Uh... I think Jason's still recovering. I'll tell you <laughs> what, though. I'll tell you what we did do, though, is that obviously I was fortunate enough to replace Joshua Filler and Catchy for this exhibition in Scotland. So forget about the Moscone Cup party. This this next day, travelling to Scotland on the train for five hours with Jason and Carl Boys was like the funniest five hours on a train you'll ever do in your life. Uh, so we just partied like crazy. We got to the Scotland. Uh, we uh, had a big Chinese before we went to the venue because we were like drunk. So we sort of freshened ourselves up a little bit. And then we've gone to Jason's, uh, Jason Shaw's brother-in-law's pool room, which is absolutely amazing, called uh, uh, McGoldrick's in Scotland, uh, Glasgow. So if you're ever in that area, make sure you check out this pool room. It's, like, unbelievable. Uh, and we did the exhibition. There was, like, six of us, I think. Or, no, seven with Carl and Alex. Uh, or six, yeah. I think there were six of us in total. Could be wrong. It could be, it could, it could be seven. And we just had a lot of fun with all the locals. Uh, come out to the uh, You'll Never Walk Alone music. Uh, obviously, we, we was all like a, lo- a little bit tipsy before it started, so we just got really involved. Uh, Jason, <laughs> Jason was the star of the show, obviously, because it's his, it's his uh, own town and his own people there, and it was like absolutely crazy. I mean, we parted till like... Uh, we basically got paid to get drunk, really. <laughs> uh, and we ended up partying until about six in the morning. And then we had to get the train in, in the morning back to uh, Manchester. And, yeah, uh, we wasn't in the best of shape, let, let, let's say, especially Jason. Jason didn't speak for about five hours from Scotland to Manchester. I've never known him to be so quiet for five hours. <laughs> Recovering, huh? That's... So, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, great times and uh, can't wait for next year. Uh, Kinga says your uh, your stream should freeze again. <laughs> Kinga, why have you been so nasty? Yeah, Kinga's uh, you give her COVID and she just turns into oh, a meanie head. Blaming me for COVID, I, I'm blaming her, her and Rico, Rico Dix that they uh, <laughs> kept passing me glasses to drink out of. <laughs> oh, good stuff. This well, I don't know, Darren. Is there anything else that we gotta we gotta square away? Anything else you want to talk about for the Moscone Cup? Oh. Yeah, can't really think of too much. Obviously, I think the match room did a great job. Uh, the production yeah. was great. Uh, yeah, I like, yeah, I like, awesome. I like the new little things they did uh, with the uh, balcony there, and uh, seemed to be like more player engagement. Uh, I think it was better with where the players were sitting, regards to the players who were actually playing. There wasn't in their high line so much. Uh, I think Niels and Kelly was a good addition. 
to the commentary team. Uh, I don't think the security people were were as strict as what they have been the last two or three years. So that was good, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, it was a more relaxed atmosphere, I think. Uh, I think both sets of fans have got to know each other really well over the years. So it's like, a, it's like one big family, really. Obviously, when the tournament starts, we want to win so badly. But uh, I think you can see like the love and the respect there from both sets of fans, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to be throwing together another queued up, uh, I guess, section for next year for Vegas. So uh, if anybody else wants to join in, we had, uh, what do we have, 25 people in our group this year. We were supposed to have uh, it's upwards of 40 to 45, but uh, restrictions, COVID, blah, 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 shut all that down. So yeah. we'll, uh, yeah. well, hopefully we'll have, you know, 40 or 50 for next year. So, yeah. It should yeah, be a lot I, think of fun. Year, I think it's all going to kick off next year because I, I think you Americans are. Uh, I know I like. Uh, I read a lot of comments, and obviously uh, the Americans at home don't quite understand why the crowd is so, so like let's say rowdy. Uh, but when you're actually at the Moscone Cup, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not a problem for the players really. You, you just expect it before you arrive, so you accept it. But I mean, the Euros want. The Euros want the Americans to do the same as what the Euro fans do, but basically just give it to us. You know what I mean? Just just give it yeah. to us, and if if you beat us, you beat us. I mean, we like all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's just that British mentality. Let's say uh, we we love the banter. Uh, yeah, and like long as you don't get into like fist fights, then it's okay. Yeah, the the trick is to you know do it respectfully, and you know the Americans get like really sensitive about this because. Uh, I guess we're really it's the Europeans that are the only ones that are doing it. but the Europeans are 80, 80 to eighty five percent of that crowd, especially in uh in England. It's they're at least eighty five percent of that crowd. So it's you have your couple kind of jack wagons who just think they're really smart and really funny, so they scream stuff right when they're about to shoot the shot. And that doesn't happen on the American side. Maybe one because I don't know, maybe we're just more respectful as a culture, but maybe we just have nobody out there and so we have less idiots, right? You know, it's it's a lot well, easier you, for an idiot from the local. <laughs> it's a lot easier to have an idiot from the local pool room who doesn't even really care about pool go down there and be loud when you're with only fifteen minutes. Uh, night. I said, "Don't do yourself a disservice." There, there's there's plenty of idiots in America. <laughs> No, but in, it's, uh, but, I all mean, in, but all in all, I, I think next year is going to be absolutely amazing. Like I say, I think this thing's just going to keep growing and growing. Uh, and what's the final score now? I think Europe are leading fourteen to thirteen with one tie. So yeah, it's all set up nicely, isn't it? It's all set up nicely. And hopefully, I can be involved somehow next year instead of like sat in the crowd with you get, getting drunk. Uh, well, I think they were at. Uh, I saw. I, I saw help wanted for the security guys out front. I think that'd be good for you. Unbelievable! Well, you, you, I you think uh, you'd be a great security guard. You can pick them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like they're not—they'll not get past my ears. No, no, no way. You'll, you'll block everything. Yeah, there's yeah. much else to report in the pool world, is there? Really, obviously, that's it. In it till that's it till Turning Stone. I don't know if that's going ahead. Then we've got the Arizona uh, Predator Pro Series. I'm pretty sure there's other tournaments out there that I don't know about. Obviously, no, there's the NBL event this weekend that uh, you should have been playing in that if you were back for it. You'd live in the U.S. The NBL. 
It's the oh, inaugural yeah. NBL event. So Jason's it playing in it. He did ask me, and obviously I'm not there. So if I was there, I yeah. would have played. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going on this weekend at Sandcastle Billiards in New Jersey. Uh, I was supposed to be there. I don't think I'm going to be able to – I mean, unless my symptoms go away from now until Friday, I mean, I'm not going to be able to go there, obviously. Uh, I'm feeling – I mean, I don't really feel bad. So, I mean, it's, it's just basically a little bit of congestion. No, uh, you're just bad. Thanks, buddy. But that's never going to change anyway, is it? No. No, probably not. I was well, born this way. I do it for people like me and you, Pa. <laughs> So, uh, that's, uh, There's not enough money that, in the pool for us to pay for that. No, no way. No way. So uh, that's going on at Sandcastle Billiards this weekend. That that should be a good one. Uh, 16 players, $20,000 prize pool. Mm. Should be a good one for somebody. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, wonder, I wonder if Jason will show up. I'll go for the under. Ooh, you'll go for the under on whether Jason's going to show up. Yeah, because uh, the hardest thing to do after you've been to the Moscone Cup is play pool the week after. Yeah, still recovering from your hangover. Oh, he might go just because it's down. He's just down the road from where he lives. But if he had to travel to that tournament, regard get on a plane, he's absolutely no chance of going. No, it's only a two-hour drive from Sandcastle to this place. I'm, I'm just saying, if he had to go to let's say Arizona and get on a plane, he wouldn't be going. I know him too well. Well, there you go. He just says he's going. Yeah, he's going because it's just down the road, and obviously he's all happy. He's MVP. Yeah, well, take his trophy there, don't he, and show his pals. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. Yeah. Savage. Oh, we had a good, we had a good laugh. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I've never laughed well, so much in my life, though. These last four or five days at the Moscone, that was really good fun. So I appreciate yeah, everyone. It was. That was a really good, really good memory. This is probably. I mean, this will probably be the last one that. Um, this will probably be the last, like, really, really, really awesome one like this with the fifteen hundred people. It's it's nice because it's not that big. From here on out, I mean, I, I don't think we'll see a crowd less than 2,500 for the rest of the – I mean, unless something weird happens. To, to me, I, I've always looked at the Moscone. It doesn't matter whether there's 750 there or 3,000. It's a sold-out capacity, right? The atmosphere is incredible. It's just the same. Because uh, 750 people in a smaller area can make a lot of noise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but when you have that first day, though, Nate, when it was only, uh, what, about 750 people there? No, I don't even think it was that much. I would have guessed maybe 600. Maybe 600. The atmosphere was a bit flat, let's say, that first day. And then the second day, it really really kicked in, you know what I mean? Because there was more and more people. Yeah. And and, uh, Jason said he's doing this Washington straight pull high run. Uh, So, yeah, I I guess he's going to try and finish the year on a high. 627. Why didn't he join us anyway? What? Why didn't he join us? I don't know. I guess you ask him. We'll invite him now. See if he wants to join. I'm coming and talk yeah, bad yeah, about you. You didn't invite him in. He's probably in bed. Probably in bed. It's a three o'clock in the afternoon. You clown. Exactly. He's probably in bed. Trust me. <laughs> if you see him, yeah, yeah. If you've seen him yesterday, he's got the kids. He's so, got yeah. his kids. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I guess. Probably... <laughs> what? I said we'd probably wrap it up then. Yep. I mean, I only have one last announcement. Unless Kingo uh, we... or Chris Patient. Oh, neither one of them. those are in. They've been talking bad about us the whole time in the chat. What do, what do we want to let them in for? Yeah, uh, yeah. and King has got COVID really bad, so she's probably... Uh, 
maybe next time get her on the show. When she's we'll feeling better. We'll have to see. See if she's worthy. Because you don't get many many ladies on your show. Let except for Jim. <laughs> yeah, except for Jim. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we, Jason, we, we probably do. <laughs> Well, oh, I guess the only the only last announcement I have is we are going to be giving away an air rush. Isn't that you have yourself an air rush, Darren? Uh, yes, I do. What I do need to practice it? a bit. I mean, yeah, it, it seems okay. I've only really used about ten shots, but it seems okay. I just need to practice more of it. Yeah, we're giving yeah. away an air rush. No, to, me. Uh, you you jump better than me. <laughs> I might. I can oh, teach so, you how to jump. You, you jump better than me, so you should be able to tell me whether it's uh, a really a, like better than the previous uh, predator. Oh, it's you. yeah. I, I mean, I I'll be honest. I I didn't think the air rush or uh, the air um, the air two was that good of a jump cue. I thought the air one was really good. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. the air two was significantly worse. And this is this is sick. I mean, this this jump cue is not even fair. It's like it's too it's too easy. Mm. It's a really it's a really good jump cue. But yeah, we're gonna I mean, give away I, one of those I, to one of I the lucky know. Patreons of the podcast. Well, that's uh, that's a good prize, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's a six hundred dollar jump cue, so we're gonna give and one how, of those away. How do they enter? Well, they need to become a Patreon to the podcast, and then right. they can support the the future of the show as well as giving themselves a chance to win the air rush. So the link to do that is in the uh, the comments now. Basically, it's just. You, you donate $5 a month, $10, something like that, and you're automatically entered into the drawing. Plus, you get to you get to get us the security of the future with Darren so I can afford to buy him drinks. I'll tell you what you should do for the future is that you should have a lot of prize to bring, like, one of your fans onto the show. Well, that's part of that's – that's actually one of the tiers of the podcast. The, the, the difference is the people that have uh, – selected that tier in the past are not interested in actually joining the show they just want to uh they just want to watch it and see it okay and what about giving like a free one hour lesson with you that's gonna be a good prize how about with you darren are you are you uh giving up a a one hour lesson is that what is that what i'm hearing in february when i'm I'm back in february (laughs) it's both me and you you get one hour with me and you get two hours with nate why not right in the middle of us? Well, because you are younger than me. You've got more energy. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's going to be a prize. And other than that, I guess, what do you we clear it out? You think we're good? Yeah, just hello to Cookie. Me, me, me. Another clown in the uh, chat. Yeah, the, uh, the the only anti-vaxxer in our entire group, and he never touched COVID. COVID doesn't want anything I'm, to do with him. Cookie's got a new nickname, the Napper. He likes his little naps during the Moscone Cup. <laughs> the the napper. nappers, or forty-eight hours with Chris <laughs> Patient. The the nappers, like little Good babies, they like little babies taking little naps at at, at, the, at the interval during the Moscone Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I missed this. That's a bummer. <laughs> That's another wow. guy there with COVID, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> another guy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, like there. The people that, like half the people that are watching this show is uh, unbelievable. Is positive. It's it's great. All right. Well, we're not getting anything done, Darren. So let's uh, let's get you yeah, out of here, you clown. Yeah, but it, but it, uh, but it was nice talking to you, pal. 
I, I always love you, Darren. I just, anytime I get to talk with you. Yeah. You're a good looking guy, really. It's not true what they say about you. How do I get out of here anyway? All right. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to contribute to the future content that will be made, consider joining the podcast's Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash up. Becoming a Patreon of the podcast will help to create all of the future content that the podcast will have. Special shout out to Dave Peters, Aaron Taylor, Pete Silsby, Morgan Lupton, Ben Young, Robert Miller, Andy Morse, and Bill Pelham for your generous contributions to the podcast's Patreon. If you ever need any more information on what the Patreon system is or how you can contribute outside of the Patreon, please reach out to the podcast or Nate himself. If you would like to contribute to the podcast for free, consider sharing any podcasts or the podcast page on Facebook itself. Also, leaving a review and a rating if you listen through iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Cue It Up podcast.